Help, I'm living in 2020. Do you have the skill set to make it through the next 10, 20, 30 years? Hi, I'm Laura Pareka, and I'm so glad you joined me because today we're going to talk about what it takes to manage living in 2020 and beyond. Ah, according to the World Economics Forum, the top 10 skills that you're going to need, most relevant going forward anyway, are, are you ready? Complex problem solving. This is why I've always taught my students to be critical thinkers and to be, I would give them problems to solve that were multi-layered. Even if I gave directions to little children, I would give them like three-step directions and people would say, give them one step at a time. But the truth is, you're never going to develop their intelligence by doing that. Give them three steps at a time and they it forces them to pay attention, to remember and to follow through. So anyway, complex problem solving is one of the top 10 skills you and I are going to need going forward from 2020 and beyond. You know, I never thought I'd see things like 3D printing. When I first heard of that, I thought that was like something out of a sci-fi movie. But we really are in a time where there's robotics and nanotechnology and genetics and stuff, biotech Man, there's a lot going on. And even for millennials, even for young people, it's going to be hard to wrap our heads around how fast things are going to change. Tomorrow, I'm having a coffee with George Channels, who's the writer of Millennial Samurai. He's also a former uh, Nevada district attorney for the state of Nevada. And so um, I heard him speak, bought his book, and we're going to meet and see how I might help him further the cause because being a speaker and a trainer and a coach, I'm all about change. And, you know, as you know, I don't know if you know, but I wrote The Six Secrets to Success, How to Transition or Start Over When Change is Inevitable. And, of course, I've written other things. I'm Better Relationship Guide, and I'm in the process of writing How to Own Your Feminine Power, the Fem Five. Because what I found is a lot of girls don't know how to be feminine. And guys, don't you love it when girls are feminine? Even at work, it's not about being sexy per se. It's about owning your feminine power. Anyway, let's get back to our topic, shall we? <sighs> Over the next 30 years. We're going to have to pay attention to a lot of change. And the first skill, uh, there's supposed to be 10 skills according to World Economic Forum. And the first one, as I said, was complex problem solving. So the way to get good at that is to just solve complex problems, get together with friends, and do things that are multi-layered. Number two is critical thinking, and that ties in with that. When I was young, if you wanted to find information, you went to Encyclopedia Britannica or one of those Everyone had them, um, not everybody, but middle-class people had them in their homes. And I remember when I was young and just thinking about starting a family. When I first got married in my 20s, I remember saying, okay, I'm going to buy an encyclopedia. That's what everybody does. They have it at home. And boy, have things changed, right? Now we have information at our fingertips. The problem with that is we've also got fake information, we have to teach, I've had to teach my students at the college how to decipher what's true and what's not in this grand sea of information on the internet. So critical thinking is more important than ever. How do you consider yourself, like on a scale of 1 to 10, how much of a critical thinker are you? 
And if you say a small number, it's probably because you're just not doing it, you're not practicing it. You can work that muscle and become more critical when you think. Number three is creativity. This is one of my favorites. I don't know if you remember, but in a past episode, I told you that my three words were confident, creative, and aware. And creativity is something I've always enjoyed doing, you know, being a teacher, creating lessons, train the trainer as an instructor and a speaker and a coach. I love being able to create programs and systems to help people have a better life. And, you know, creativity can be painting, um, being a poet, anything that causes you to create, to create something. It doesn't even have to be matter, you know, it could be um, an idea. You could create ideas. But creativity is what we're here for. And if you haven't had a chance to be creative lately, why not pick up a habit? A habit. <laughs> pick up a hobby. Well, it would be a habit. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of my seven daily habits. So it is interesting, but you know, having habits, we all have them. 95% of what you do is habit driven. It's just a matter of deciding, hey, I'm going to be aware and I'm going to create the habits that I want, not the habits that society tells me to have or my spouse or children or neighborhood or, you know, just what I'm surrounded with, the culture. They're not going to dictate what my habits are. I'm going to create my own. That takes a lot of willpower for sure. So creativity is something that is innate in all of us and something that the more you practice your creativity, the happier you will be. Number four, people management. I think more and more now that people are on their cell phones, using smartphones, don't you agree that maybe they're not as good with their people skills? They're not as good interacting and especially people in leadership positions. That's why I do a lot of trainings with them because they're not as good at managing people. I had a principal once that was so lousy. I remember thinking, where did she get her master's degree from? And couldn't have been in, in leadership. I mean, you couldn't have been, how in the world did she do that? Because she really, really was poor at it. And many, many people are, they're not good people managers. It's a skill you can develop. So I guess going into the future, that's going to be real important, probably because we all need to work together. Is this getting too intellectual for you? Would you rather we just grab a cup of coffee or tea and lie around by the fire? I'm lying in front of the fire right now, but I turned it off because it was a little bit too noisy and I wanted you to be able to hear my voice better. I'll turn it back on if you want me to, but all right, let's get back to business, okay? <laughs> number one, complex problem solving. Do you remember what number two was? Critical thinking and then creativity and number four, people management. So number five is coordinating with others. Imagine that is a skill, coordinating with others. When I teach business writing, half of the course is about how to do collaborative writing, how to write together when you're not even in the same room with people, how to put a work online and then all access it and contribute to it. This is really going to be a big part of our future. If you're not already doing collaborative writing, you will. So uh, coordinating with others would include writing and speaking and just doing things the way you're coordinating. Number six, emotional intelligence. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. <laughs> 
We've all heard that, right? Well, it's true. How many times have you said, ah, the opposite sex, they're driving me crazy. Can't live with them, can't live without them. Well, emotional intelligence is obviously more than just that, but really when you're thinking about emotional intelligence, it's your EQ, not your IQ. And some people, actually a lot of the CEOs and uh, top producers that I work with as far as coaching goes and one-on-one, they oftentimes don't have a head for emotions and people and, and kind of that type of focus. They're more into numbers and productivity and creating things that are more less people-oriented, less relationship-oriented. Because there's so many variables in those, right? It's much easier to take something that is flat, linear, than something as complex as a person with all their baggage, all their perceptions, all their emotions. So emotional intelligence, if you bone up on that, and you know you can go on the internet and find find out a lot. You can really learn a lot and then practice. Use the world as your um, laboratory, laboratory. I have written the Better Relationship Guide, and if you read that, you will actually have lots of little tips, things that you can practice and try out and get good at relating to others. Number seven, judgment and decision-making. We've all known people, and at times they frustrated us, and we wanted to say, or we have actually said, have you completely lost your mind? I remember when I was doing a business venture with Evil Knievel's son, Kelly Knievel, and Rene Boulay and Mike Minetti. And the four of us were like the four amigos. We had so much fun. And I remember one of our sayings was, have you completely lost your mind? I think that's something that Evil Knievel used to say to them when they were kids. But anyway, um, and it's so funny because he's the one who was acting quite like he had lost his. But judgment and decision-making are going to be, they're already critical. You need to be able to make judgments and then make the right decisions. How will you know if the decision is right? Well, here's the thing. Too many people are afraid to make their decisions. So they make no decision. And guess what? When you do nothing, you're actually deciding to do something, right? It's nothing. (laughs) So um, judgment and decision-making can probably be improved if you decide and I've always told my students students this, to fail forward fast. Fail forward fast. People that are doing better than you, the people that you envy, they're doing the same thing you are. They're just doing it faster. They're making their mistakes and they're learning and they're improving. So don't be afraid to do those things. Now, it's easier said than done because there are some things I'm afraid to do. And so it's a process for all of us. But judgment and decision making is very important. Number eight. Service orientation. When's the last time you volunteered? When was the last time you did something for no money? I'm waiting. Me too. I hardly um, get so busy these days. It's like, you know what? what? What have you done for me lately? What have we done for others lately? So service orientation is going to be a big part of our future, according to the World Economics Forum. Another skill, because that's a skill. Another skill number nine is negotiation. This one ties back into um, better relationships. Like I said, learning how to communicate, connect, and ultimately empower others. 
empowering other people. Today I was at a um, business meeting and I said to people, I would like to talk to you about role models. I'm sure you have role models in your life, but did you realize that you are a role model? You are a role model. Someone is watching you or maybe several people or many people are looking up to you. The ability to negotiate is going to be vital. How can you improve that? Well, by practicing, start negotiating. I remember my older daughter uh, when she was a preteen. Oh my gosh, she was just such a natural at it. And she's in sales now making good money and loving her life and working hard uh, because it's just natural for her. I remember she would come home from school sometimes. This is her in middle school. Imagine like a 10-year-old, 11-year-old coming up to you. Mommy, mommy, saying, hey, mom, what time are we going to Walmart? Should we go at 3.30 or should we wait and go at 6? And I'd be like, what? I didn't say we were going to Walmart. But she just had a way about her. She's got a way about her. Don't know what it is. But she had a way of kind of sucking you in, you know, and I learned later, hey, that's a sales technique. She had never been trained or taught it. She was just a natural. So anyway, negotiating is going to be a big part of our future. And then number 10, have you ever heard this expression before? Cognitive flexibility. Cognitive meaning brain, you know, thinking. Flexibility. How flexible are you in your brain? Are you able to learn something? Well, we could all say yes. We pretty much have figured out how to learn things, some better than others. But do you know how to unlearn? Do you know how to relearn? These are going to be critical because as things grow and change on the landscape, and we talked about change being a big part of our future, as things change, we're going to have to unlearn some things that worked before, but they don't work now. If I were to ask you, what's something that you had to learn and then you had to unlearn it. I bet you could come up with several things just thinking about the last couple of years. How to get a job. We had to unlearn the old way and learn a new way. So many things involving the internet and our smartphones. Today I was online with someone and they said, oh, put this app on your phone quickly and I can share my screen with you. On my phone, I was able to look at his screen, his computer screen, while he talked to me. And I, we weren't even business partners. We didn't share Dropbox or anything. It was just an app. And then another gal got on the line with me, and she was using a different way. Instead of an app, she just texted me a, a link. And I went straight to it, and I could see her screen. These are things that we have to learn now. We have to unlearn the old way of sharing information and sharing data and learn the new way. How good are you going to be at these 10 things? Let's stick together. Let's help each other out. Let's work together to make this world a better place. I'm so excited that you were here with me. I say that every time because it's true every time. <laughs> so I will talk to you again next time. And until then, bye-bye.